Welcome to Spook Pod. This is Courtney. And this is Emily. What are we talking about today? I don't know. This is your gig, but I'm just here for the ride. Yeah, that's true. I'm supposed to know that. And I, I just show up. I just show <laughs> up with pants and a shirt on, and you take the reins. That's how this goes. Well, you don't even have to have pants and a shirt on. Like, who's gonna see this? Okay, listen. We're everybody. not recording our video. Courtney's trying to Courtney's trying to pick me up on Spook Pod right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not naked podcasting. Just for anyone who ever listens, no. That never in my time will I be naked podcasting. I can't say the same for Courtney. She's a little bit of a freak. That <laughs> but would actually I will be never. fun. But like if you record your video and you just like don't like, you like they know you're naked but you don't like show anything. I feel like that'd be a cool gimmick. Maybe somebody does that. It's called porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean sense. porn shows more but <laughs> But, but they don't talk you know, about cool stuff like what we're So we should have a, a murder podcast with just naked shoulders and actually yeah. be naked but not show the naked. I feel like there's this one girl on YouTube and she does kind of the same things like she talks about uh like a murder or something but she's doing her makeup on YouTube as she's yeah. talking about it. Bailey, have Bailey Sarayan. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know who it was but but yeah, like cool gimmicky stuff like that. We could be the naked podcasters. <laughs> uh, That'd probably bring yeah. more guys to our yep. to our mm. show. We could get an OnlyFans. We'd have to record the video though, and we know that like twenty five percent of the time, both of us look like gremlins. <laughs> yeah, fifty <laughs> percent of the time, one of us looks like a gremlin. Remember, we started off like being like recording, We're gonna record video. We're yeah. gonna be so on top of this. And then it was just like, hey, I'm really ugly today. Hey, I haven't showered and uh, I don't remember what makeup is. So. <laughs> so I don't think we should show this to people. <laughs> to be fair, that's been me even when we were trying. Even when we recorded some of the episodes and posted them, I I was a gremlin in them. Because it's just so hard. Like, I got so much going on. Like, right now we just ran to record. I just finished teaching a yoga class. And now I'm here, still in my yoga She's glowing. Clothes. She's glowing. She's got no. that yoga glow about her. <laughs> no. I also threw my back out, not during yoga, before, and I still taught yoga, so I didn't really have a choice. And so my back is like, it's so bad. But So Courtney's just glowing, and I'm just ghastly pale, because it's winter in Canada, and I've stopped going outside. <laughs> um. At least I have a tan going on yeah i'm i like looking between you and me i'm like i'm so white right now <laughs> so i'm like a ghost <laughs> i have been working on my tan over here in aruba so all right shall we shall we give the people what they yeah, want because we just small talked for a stupid amount of time yeah okay so this week's case, if you tuned in last week, you already know what this case is about. So we talked about the Putin, 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 the Putin murder last week. 
the murder of Crystal Ambrosius, and that is connected to the case that we're talking about today. Um, so even though I hate spoilers, I did kind of sort of give away the outcome of this case if you listened to last week, although not fully. There is still a lot to be discussed. Somebody uh, gets you... murdered. Like that's <laughs> Somebody gets murdered. But if you didn't listen to last week's episode... Shame on you, but... <laughs> that's cool. You don't need to listen to it to understand this episode. But Just will... know I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I'm disappointed <laughs> in you. <laughs> you made Emily disappointed, so you should probably pause right now and go listen to the, to the other one. Because it will also give you like a, a fuller picture of how much of a complete douchebag this guy is that we are talking about. He is just like straight up one of the worst guys ever. And kind of like, he's kind of one of the scariest ones to me, I think, because he's also really like slippery in the sense that he keeps kind of getting away with things, which you'll see in this episode. I mean, I God, know I, he's in jail. I like right that now, descriptor but... so much. He's just a slippery boy. <laughs> Did I say slippery boy? No, you said slippery. <laughs> oh. I added the boy. <laughs> you added the boy. Okay. He's slippery. You'll see what I mean. So a theme of our episode last week was injustice. And unfortunately, that theme is going to be carrying into this case as well. Oh, look, I even wrote in my notes right here. I don't know what it is about this fucking guy, but he is so slippery. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. I wrote He's it right a there. slippery boy. He's a slippery boy. Uh, okay, but I won't give anything else away. I'm going to start right at the beginning because, yeah, this is a different case, a different person's story. So let's dive in. So on July 12th, 2005, Harry Vonderstop went to the police station and reported his daughter, Annika Vonderstop, missing. The night before, on July 11th, Annika was visiting friends in Enschede, and she was supposed to take the train from Enschede to The Hague. And, and that's like a train across the entire country, by the way. Like Enschede is on one side and The Hague is on the other. So it's like across the whole country. Not that the Netherlands is big. It doesn't take that long to do that. Um, but anyway, so she was visiting a friend and she was supposed to go home. After she got off her train, she was supposed to get on a tram in Den Haag and take the tram closer to her house and then walk about 500 meters home. Uh, so she was traveling with some stuff that she had. I think she had two bags with her in total. And one of them was kind of like a backpack that had her school stuff, like laptop, hard drive, a USB stick, things like that. You know, the usual things you keep in your backpack as a student. So her father expected her back home, but she never arrived. And he was super worried, and he went straight to the police the next day. So Annika, she was a student at this time. She was also a manga lover. Love that about her. Uh, she was born on February 12th, 1983, which means at the time she would have been 22 years old. She came from a really loving family, and she was actually one of Harry's three adopted children with his wife, Agnes. 
Um, unfortunately, this is super sad, but Agnes had actually passed away the year before from an illness. Uh, so now Harry, you know, like they've just lost the, the matriarch of their family. And now Annika goes missing. The rules at the time that the police had, um, it dictated that they had to wait 24 hours before they could begin investigating a missing person. Today, that has changed. I don't, like, I don't know what, well, I guess I do know why that rule exists, but it seems everywhere kind of used to have that rule or maybe still has that rule. Um, but anyway, so the police, they, took, they were a little bit late looking into Annika's disappearance because they waited for that 24-hour period to be up. But then as soon as it was up and as soon as no one had heard from Annika uh, in 24 hours, like the police went full throttle and really were looking into where she could be. To narrow down their search, because like she had literally traveled across the entire country, right? So they didn't really know at which point she went missing. Uh, they started by looking at her telephone records, which showed that her last telephone ping or whatever, or her signal, it was last sent at a gas station in... Okay, give me a second to say this word. Schreveningen. Schreveningen. That's a hard one. Um, but anyway, it's an area of The Hague. It's kind of right close to the beach in The Hague. The Hague has a really nice beach. I like it there. But because this signal pig pinged in the Hague, that means that Annika did make it all the way home on her train. And it was likely after her train ride that something happened to her. So her phone was used at 2.15 a.m. for three seconds, and then again at 2.15 a.m. for 22 seconds. And it was to try to call an unknown cell phone number. The call was recorded as failed twice because Annika actually had no credit on her cell phone. So the police were thinking at this time that Annika would have known that she had no credit. So whoever tried to use her phone at 2.15 must have been somebody else. And then I thought that this was kind of random but cool. The police sent a text message to 29,000 people that had been on the train from at some point from Enschede to The Hague to see if they could get any tips or clues from anybody that may have seen Annika on this train. Yeah, I've, I'd never really heard of police doing something like that before, so I thought it was kind of cool and interesting. Honestly, I feel like in North America they would not do that, probably because they would like consider that a waste of resources and, and a waste of money. And it's pretty sad because that's actually like a great way to reach out to the general yeah, public and be like if you're group. if you're comfortable giving us information, like yeah. So instead of, you know, going door to door, you just send out a text. Yeah, and when I first read that, I was like, how did they even know the phone numbers of the people that were on the train like how would they know that but then i thought it was probably uh through the ove chip cart so in the netherlands everyone has like yeah it's called an ove chip cart and it's the card that you can use to go on any public transportation and you normally put your info into it so they probably put like address phone number so the netherlands is like pretty Everything there is kind of connected. You can like really easily find people. So yeah, it's like another reason it wouldn't work in the States because like people don't give their phone numbers for anything because we're 
all in North America super untrusting of our governments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, what do you want with my phone number? <laughs> are you going to track me? Are you going to listen? <laughs> um, okay, so after doing all that, then the police also looked at Annika's bank records, and it turned out that her bank card was used at that gas station where her phone last pinged. They looked at the security footage, and they saw that it was a man that used her card. This man was alone, and he bought two sandwiches and an ice cream with, with uh, Annika's card. But they didn't know who the man was from the security footage. So at this point throughout the investigation, Annika still wasn't found. And it actually took 11 days to find her. It was her body that was found. Uh, it was found in a bush less than a mile away from her house, which was in Reisweik, which is another area in The Hague. Um, and her, it was like kind of like five meters away from the road, so not easily seen by passerbys, which is why it wasn't found for quite some time. And because it took a while to find her, uh, her body was actually pretty badly decomposed at the time. And a lot of evidence was lost. They did conduct an autopsy, but it really didn't determine much. Like, they had no clue what her cause of death was. They could not find any foreign DNA from other individuals on her body. They couldn't even say completely the time or date of her death. Um, so it was just kind of assumed that she was last seen alive by her friend before going to the train station and then her dad reported her missing the next day so it was just kind of assumed that that's when it happened um but yeah her the body couldn't tell investigators a lot and none of her belongings that she was traveling with were found with her body either and actually unfortunately from here even though you know they had some great clues uh, the case went cold. Like, they had no idea how to find this guy on the security footage. It's kind of hard to convey in a podcast that, like, how cold a case went, you know, because we kind of go through these stories quickly. But this case was a huge mystery in the Netherlands for years. Uh, altogether, it took 11 years for this to come to a full conclusion. But there was about a period of five years before anything more really happened at all. So the team of investigators, after a certain amount of time, they just had no more leads, and they the group was disbanded, and the case was closed, actually, for, for a time being. But Annika's father would not give up. He really wanted answers, and he asked for help from our good buddy Peter R. de Vries. This dude pops up in like all stories. Like you can't talk about a high profile case in the Netherlands without mentioning him. It's because he's good at what, well, was good at what he did. Mm -hmm. And he did feature Annika's story on his television program. And he even offered a 25,000 euro reward for any tips. And they had tons of tips, like lots of tips came in, but nothing that, was a smoking gun that would, that really helped them. But that was until Ronald Pieper was arrested for the death of Crystal Ambrosius. 
Blah, Ronald. Fucking Ronald. I hate his name. Not that I hate the name Ronald. I just hate the the two names together because it's hard to say. And I hate that it's his name. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. When Ronald was arrested, he was immediately connected to this case. I am, in all honesty, a little bit confused with how he was connected as soon as he was arrested. Uh, Like, every single source I read just said, he was arrested for the murder of Crystal, and then he was named a suspect in Annika's death. And I, it's just really not clear to me how they got from A to B there. They just, they just didn't like his name either. Yeah, I was like, did he look like the guy on the security footage? He also lived close to Annika. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no source just kind of specifically laid it out. Uh, And I think that that might be where you run into some of the problems that you run into in this story, because Ronald will always, to this day, he claims his innocence for everything, like, Ronald can do no wrong, according to Ronald. Slippery boy. Slippery boy. Ronald, he moved around quite a bit in his life, like he was in Putton, where he murdered Crystal, and then he moved to Delft, which is near The Hague, and so he was still living there when the murder of Annika happened, but he worked in an area of The Hague where Annika's bank card was used, and where his girlfriend lived, and where he often slept. So after Ronald was named a suspect, it was determined that the two did know each other, although a bit obscurely. So Ronald worked at the same beach bar as Annika's sister, Marika. And he had probably seen Annika at the beach bar on at least one occasion. Apparently he thought she was very pretty, which she was very pretty, but like, fuck off, pervy Ronald. Fuck off, Ronald is now probably my favorite thing to say. Fuck off, Ronald. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's also really kind of crazy to think, like, I don't know, it's just so weird to think that, like, you could just be working with a random guy at a beach bar and he has murdered somebody before, you know? Because, like, at this point, he has already murdered Crystal and he wasn't caught for it yet. Or just even how unfair it is to, like, be living your life and walking around and someone finds you visually uh, intriguing and then all of a sudden you're murdered because of it. Like, fuck off, Ronald. Yeah. I have never been happier to be ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Other evidence came out about Ronald, too, after they discovered that he existed. Probably the biggest evidence against him being the fact that he was in possession of Annika's hard drive, her bank card, and a USB stick that had her schoolwork and photos on it. Um, (sighs) Ronald, (laughs) it's not that I want you to succeed at what you're doing, but why'd you keep her stuff? (laughs) Right. Like... (sighs) Just an amateur move. That's this the thing is just about so, Ronald. Like, I, he, I'm just disappointed. Again, I'm just disappointed. He is like amateur all around, and yet for some reason, he's slippery. For some reason. So the USB stick was a little bit weird. It was actually handed over to the police from Ronald's, Ronald's ex-girlfriend. 
Now, I was wondering if this was the same girlfriend that he received probation for, for attacking. Remember I mentioned that in our last episode? Uh, Because this was around the exact same time period. It was in 2005 that he got in trouble with his ex-girlfriend, and that's when he had to give his DNA. And that's when, a little bit later, they found that he was connected to Crystal. Um, And it was also in 2005 that Annika was murdered. So we got a lot of things happening at the exact same time here. And the ex-girlfriend would appear as a witness later at the trial, saying that Ronald showed her how he had strangled Annika. So I feel like... I feel like this girlfriend knew. Stop dating people like Ronald. And, yeah, and, like she knew some uh, stuff. I mean, seriously, let's put ourselves in those shoes for a minute. You're ever just like sitting at home having a nice meal with your, you know, boyfriend of the hour. And he's <laughs> like, hey, want to see how I strangle the women that I kill? I'd be like, ah, I got to go. I got to go. I'm going to pack yeah, all my stuff. in about two minutes. I just got to go somewhere first. <laughs> I just got to leave your life. See you later disappear forever (laughs) yeah uh so yeah he had some of her items but other things like her laptop etc were never found he they were just they just found these three items and because ronald will not own up to anything so he fully fully denied that he had a hand in having anything to do with annika's death then how'd you get her shit, Ronald? How'd you how? How'd you get yeah, her shit? How'd you get her shit? Well, actually, if he has he has an excuse for that. Oh Emily. no, no. Of course he does. You just find it on the side of the road and think, hey, a new memory stick. <laughs> hey, cool. Actually, so legitimately I did that one time. <laughs> um, just found a memory stick on the ground and was like, cool, took it home, had a whole bunch of music on it. I was like, sweet, this is decent music. <laughs> Kept it. So okay, like maybe, but <laughs> also sorry to whoever's memory stick that was i feel like you were yeah i have a story about a memory stick just to pause for a second i feel so bad that this happened okay even though it wasn't my fault but it was when i was in grad school and i got an email that, that was like blasted out to everyone in our graduate program and it said like if anybody has my memory stick, like it has all my research on it, everything that I've done this semester, like, please, if you have it, let me know. And I was like, oh man, that would fucking suck to lose your memory stick. And like months later, months went by and I found this random ass memory stick in this like side pocket of my backpack, like as if it had just fallen in to my backpack or something and i was like what is this memory card it doesn't look familiar you ruined a person's life yeah it felt like oh shit they should have i should have fucking looked in my in my whole bag because <laughs> i had been like in the office and then yeah i don't know i guess somehow it fell in my bag and then i found it months later and i was like oh fuck <laughs> like i got it anyways memory stick trauma uh so So Ronald was asked by the police, they're like, hey, bro, like, you used Annika's card at the gas station. Why did you do that? And he couldn't give an answer. He's like, well, I don't know. Mm, That's so weird. I wanted a sandwich. (laughs) Two, in fact. It's also kind of weird because it showed that he used a pin, like he punched in her pin code. 
so he knew her pin code, which is unsettling because that means she probably told him her pin code. Uh, He was also asked, here's his excuse for this, Emily. He was asked why he was in possession of Annika's belongings. And he said that an acquaintance had sold them to him. Again, I stand on the leg of why are you buying a used full USB device? Yeah, what else does he have? He has like a USB chip, a hard drive, and a bank card. Because here's the and thing. And it's like, if you don't We have all pen, have that sketchy friend that's like, hi, I have an iPad for $300. And you're like, where did you, where did you, air quotes, find the iPad? <laughs> we all have that friend. But you'd think that if your friend was selling you sketchy secondhand USB memory sticks, they'd at least wipe them clean first. And then that you wouldn't hold on to them as a weird memento for years. Yeah. And it also doesn't make sense because he used her card that night that she went missing. So, like, how did she get it so quick? Maybe he had a very efficient friend who efficiently sold him things. Yeah, like, just commits a murder, instantly sells all the belongings. Like, that's a tight timeline. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. (laughs) Also, also, produce the acquaintance then. I'm sorry. I'm just angry. They did, actually. It was so funny. They called him the guy in the kappa clothing. (laughs) He testified at the trial, which I'll get to later, but he was a witness. Did he say Ronald's a shitbag? Because that's just what should happen now. Yeah, apparently he like, I don't know, he th- we'll he get knew to it. Ronald. Well, I don't think I really mention this. I don't think I put it in, but he like knew Ronald through some obscure way doing weird shit together, but he just completely denied uh, that he sold Ronald these items. So I do understand, though, how this is a little bit hard to prove, right? Like they... All that they really have against Ronald is the fact that he's in possession of these three items and that he was on security footage using her card. They didn't have a cause of death for Annika, although they did know that she died as the result of foul play. There wasn't any DNA linking Ronald to Annika. Um, And actually, in September of 2009, before the trial, Annika's body was exhumed. They thought that since research techniques had improved, that they might be able to get more evidence from her body at this time, and maybe even determine the cause of her death. There were two separate coroners. Is that the the person? Coroner? Medical examiner? Medical examiner? Yeah, let's go with medical examiner. Forensic analysis you know there's a whole bunch of yeah there's a whole bunch of different ones that it could have been there's a lot of words uh, two science dudes looked at her body yeah, exactly <laughs> two of them and they both came to different explanations too so one of them said it was strangulation and then the other one said that her throat had been cut i guess it they were both around the neck region but they just could not agree how she died Although they could agree that it was not a natural death and that she had been killed. And while all this is kind of going on, it's kind of happening simultaneously as Ronald's going through the court process for the murder of Crystal. Because like all of this kind of happened at the same time. In our last episode, we only talked about Crystal. But yeah, a lot of this is going on at the same time. 
And then as soon as his trial with Crystal was done, he went on trial again for the murder of Annika. And he was 35 years old at this time. The prosecutors admitted during the trial that they could not fully say what happened. It's really not known, like, how Ronald intercepted Annika. Like, did he randomly come about her? Like, how could he have known, you know, like, she's just making her way home on the train, and then she's going to go on the tram, and then she's going to walk home. So did he see her randomly and was like, oh, hey, I know that girl, and decided to attack her? Like, that's basically the best guess. So we do have a little bit of a timeline based on when Annika caught the train. She caught the train in Entrede at 9.30, which would have put her catching the last tram home just after midnight. The tram stop was about 500 meters away from her house. So it was thought that Ronald grabbed her here on this short walk. Apparently he did come to this area a lot. He had like a fishing spot here that he would always go to. This is like that weirdo that rode his bike all the time to go see prostitutes and was like, oh, just go through the area. Like, what, what are you all doing out at this time of, like, just stay home. I know, I it's late, right? I guess if you're a murderer, staying home isn't really an option. But, you know. Yeah, so just after midnight, she's catching the tram. And then at 2.15 a.m., we have Ronald alone on the other side of the city buying sandwiches with Annika's bank card. Also, so if short... she's still alive, what, you just need a snack? And if she's not, what, you're just having a snack after doing the murder? Like, yeah. ugh. So many people get snacks after murdering. Murder it makes must you snacky. Work... Yeah, it must work up an appetite. All that stress and anxiety or just, like, complete apathy in the case of some of these psychopaths really builds up the hunger. The prosecutors did think that there was a sexual motive for attacking Annika, but... The autopsy found that there was no sexual interference with her body, um, but she was actually found, she was on her period at the time, so they speculated maybe Ronald just didn't follow through because of that. But after the prosecutors had laid out their story, the court was unfortunately not convinced that it was Ronald, and he was acquitted of the killing of Annika. And that really sucks like i mean i know that there wasn't a lot linking him but there's some things that just make you go like come on that being one of them yeah but don't worry because the story is not done here unlike court in north america the netherlands does not have the thing that we like to call double jeopardy Oh, so, good. Because yeah. I really hate double jeopardy. It actually makes my <laughs> life pretty miserable. I think, I don't know, I have mixed feelings toward double jeopardy because, like, in this case, I'm super happy that they don't have double jeopardy because otherwise Ronald would be free as a whistle from this murder. But, but yeah, it, it brings a nice, like, could you imagine if you're actually innocent of a crime and they just keep trying so, you yeah, over and so over see, again? So, see, that's kind of the problem that i that i foresee is that they could just keep bringing stuff forward there's no but closure. i also but i also think like maybe there should be extenuating circumstances for reopening cases like if new evidence comes forward and you can actually be like yes this person or for if sure you're did casey it. anthony 
Yes. Like, there are times when, yeah, for sure you should be retried for that crime because you definitely did it and you're definitely guilty. Mm-hmm. And our legal system's just like, nah, we did it once. <laughs> you're free it's to fine. go. Yeah. It's fine. You're good. Yeah. But so Netherlands does not have double double jeopardy. So they tried Ronald again. Like, the prosecutor was not satisfied after he And they was were like, acquitted. let's just try him again. Yeah. <laughs> So they appealed it to a higher court. And in the higher court, uh, they actually had a bit more evidence this time. Because, (laughs) so although Ronald would never admit to the police that he was involved in this, he admitted it to a fellow inmate when he was in prison. And the best part is that that inmate had an illegal phone in his cell and he recorded Ronald's confession. So like yay for that inmate, but again Ronald, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, he's an idiot. Uh so yeah, he confessed to this inmate and <laughs> I I really like it. They got some of his confession but not all of it on tape. Uh but he said that he took Annika into his vehicle and strangled her and then ditched her body in a bush. And gave, like, very specific information, which was where her body was actually found. So this time in court, Ronald was found guilty, but only of manslaughter, not of murder. So this is kind of where the injustice part comes into it, because... He's not convicted of murder in this. He's only convicted of manslaughter. Even though it's like clearly murder. Yeah, it is clearly murder. And the shittier part is the sentence. So um, for the death of Crystal that we spoke about in our last episode, Ronald got 15.5 years. And because of the manslaughter charge, the maximum length that could be imposed on him was 20 years which means that there was only 4.5 years left that he got for the manslaughter of Annika. If he had been convicted of murder, though, he could have received life in prison, not getting out at all. And that's really shitty to me and honestly kind of scary because that means that Ronald is likely going to be free in 2025. And we know two girls that are dead because of him and in violent ways right like i think this guy's a serial killer like he is a serial killer he's killed two people it's not like it was just an accident like he targeted these girls and murdered them so let me dive a bit more into ronald and everything that is fucking wrong with him back to the confession with the inmates ronald apparently in this confession confessed to the death of four people in total Meaning that other than Crystal and Annika, there may be two victims out there that we don't know about. And he got away with Crystal's murder for about 12 years. He only got manslaughter for the death of Annika, and that also took 11 years. And there might be two out there that he is just completely off the hook for. So this part of his confession, they didn't get on tape. So it's not known if this is actually the truth if the inmate was telling the truth about this four people thing um but i mean like sounds pretty sus because this guy seems like he's a predator so 
yeah, maybe there's two other girls out there that they don't know who the killer is. And even law enforcement agree with this. Like, everyone, literally everyone, is like, oh, we could be dealing with a serial killer here. And then it's like, oh, cool, dude's getting out of prison in 2025. That is so scary to me. This is when I wish the Netherlands prison was just a little bit more like North American prison, (laughs) because I don't think he'd be getting out. Yeah, I don't think so either. Either because he was murdered by someone else, (laughs) or because our sentences are just that much worse in North America. Yeah, I think the sentences would... I think he'd go to jail for, like, at least 40 years for the death of Crystal, at least. It seems that Ronald also has a lot of things, like, mentally wrong with him. But this entire time in prison, he has been refusing psychiatric care. So you know how, like, we've talked in other cases how normally they get released from prison and they go straight into, like, a psychiatric facility to, like, help them out? Because Ronald is absolutely refusing, that's not imposed on him, which I think is really weird. But they just, like, he's refusing it. So it's like, uh, okay. (laughs) See, like, in that situation, then keep this shithead in jail. Mm Mm-hmm. So normally how it works is, like, if you agree to do these steps, you get a third of your sentence cut off. So he would only serve, yeah, like, two-thirds of this 20 years that he has. But he's already been denied from getting out early. They've already said, no, you're not complying. You can't get out early. But still, that means that dude is still getting out in 2025. He's just serving his full sentence and not going to care after. Like, I know I can't really offer a professional opinion here, but my I can offer, yeah, I can offer an unprofessional one, though, and it's Ronald fucking sucks. Yeah, and he's going to do this again, I think. Like, he's going to have more victims in 2025 when he is released, and I am pretty scared, honestly, for him to be released into the Netherlands. Apart from these two murders, well, I guess murder and manslaughter, he no, had- No, no, a- no. No, no, no. I don't care what they classed it at. Two murders. He All did, right, two he did both. He, he killed two people. <laughs> two murders. But apart from these, he had a rap sheet of other things as well. One being child pornography that he was charged for that was found on his computer- uh, okay, again, in North America, that alone is like a charge that lands you like 15 to 20 years. Yeah, if they not said more. something like because he was already serving time for Crystal's no, 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 no. murder, they didn't, they didn't different tack crime. on time for that. Diddling kids is a very different thing than murdering human beings. <laughs> um, both terrible things, but very different. And I would like to see him tried for both of those. Yeah. And then, of course, there was also the fact that he attacked one of his girlfriends like, badly, and was put on probation for that. So, like, dude has done a shitload of stuff. So, yeah, just going back a little bit, um, he did apply for early release in 2014, but that was denied. And it's because he's not doing this psychiatric care. The court has been, like, pressuring him and trying to get him to go into this psychological treatment and he's just refusing and he's giving lame lame ass excuses like one time he was like 
oh, they wanted me to talk about the trauma that I experienced as a young boy, and that was too hard for me. And then it's like, dude, that's kind of the point of this treatment is that's normally what you got to do. And then the second excuse that he gave was he's like, they wanted me to talk about something that happened seven years ago, and I couldn't remember. That's problematic, too, because I'm pretty sure that's a heavy indication that there's something like wrong with the way your brain processes memories if you can't remember and nobody wants you to remember fine details, but I can remember things I did seven years ago. Yeah, so same. figure seven it years out. isn't that long. No. And especially if it's probably a big event, you probably remember at least some of it. No, he's just giving stupid excuses that he just, he's like, oh, they want me to remember stuff and that's too hard for me. Um, but they, he, he worked with them, like with uh, psychiatrists a little bit, like a very little bit, and they have suspicions that he has antisocial personality and narcissistic traits, but he's never been like fully properly treated for this. He promised he would go talk to a psychiatrist and then he dropped out and he never went and he spouts all these stories, but they can't really do much now because he is serving his full sentence. He's not getting any of the benefits of doing this and then he's just gonna be released he's also had some physical problems um good (laughs) like i think he either has had or needs to have surgery for a brain tumor sometimes i wonder if that because if you get brain tumors can't that like affect your personality sometimes and cause you to be like reckless and be like how he is yeah for sure can I don't think it's a good excuse for murder. Oh, no, I'm not um, trying, to, I'm not no, trying no. to give him an excuse here. No, no, I know. I'm just, like, blanket statementing that. Don't think it's a good excuse. <laughs> I had a brain tumor. I don't care. You should have gone to a doctor instead of murdering people. <laughs> yeah. All in all, like, this, it's pretty wild. So the two murders, like, of Crystal and Annika, they were both thought of as separate for years in the media, right? And they were both very high-profile cases in the Netherlands. Both of them were on Peter de Vries's television show. Like, these were two very famous murders. And it's just kind of crazy that it came down to being the same person that did both of them. There was also evidence that Ronald was following the crimes in the news, too. That's not unusual, though. No. He liked his notoriety. But still, to this day, he maintains that he is completely innocent. I maintain that he's completely full of shit. He is completely full of shit. And the shittiest part, I think this is, there's a lot of shitty parts here, but the absolute top of the line shittiest part is that if the murder of Crystal had been handled properly from the start, then Ronald would have been in prison in 2005 and Annika would not have been murdered. As I said before, like the injustice in this case is happening at all levels. Like two people went to jail for Ronald in our last episode for 10 years because they thought it was different people. He does it again and he only gets manslaughter and just everything Everything sucks with this guy, and now he's getting fucking out in two years, and I have to live in the same country as him. 
get I'm a mad. Ta- get a taser. Get get a taser <laughs> just for Ronald purposes. Just for Ronald purposes, like, hello, are you, you can, Ronald? You can like pee touch it on the side with that like label making stuff and just say for Ronald purposes only. <laughs> Carry it around with <laughs> a you. little label maker. Yeah. I love label makers. Erwin won't let me get one because he says that I'll label everything. I have two. He's, he's a little correct. You have two. I have, I have one that operates fully on Bluetooth. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. Like you can just print it from your phone. Yeah. Well, like oh it's a little, it's like a little cube that plugs into the wall and then you, on your phone is the app and like you type in stuff and it prints out the labels on the little cube. Oh my God. That's so cool. I love label makers. Mm-hmm. They're really awesome. I'm going to get one anyways, even though Erwin was like, we don't need one. We do need one. Everyone needs one. Everyone needs one, except Ronald. He doesn't get one. Well, unless he wants to label his own forehead as child pornographist and then go ahead. And murder. Or, you know, quadruple murderer, yeah. Biggest piece of shit in the whole world. Do you think he did more murders than the two? That... Yeah, for sure. For sure he did. He can put slippery Ronald boy on his forehead too, so everybody knows. Because there is, that is a pretty big jump, right? Like, what year was Crystal murdered? I feel like it was 19, the early 90s, 1994, do you remember? I don't I feel like remember. like it was around... I have your notes here. We can go back. <laughs> I feel like it was the early 90s that Crystal was murdered because Ronald was 18 at the time. And then in 2005, he would have been in his 20s. 1994. 19, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, like 1994 to 2005 is a pretty significant time period to not do anything else if you're a serial killer so maybe especially for a pile of crap like ronald he definitely had some extracurricular murders going on yeah and seemed to be really bad at it but somehow get away with it yeah he's so insignificant that everyone is like whoa does that guy exist all right well that's all i have today for this episode the moral of the story We don't like Ronald. And we hope to see you back next week for a new case. Yeet. Yeet. All right. See you. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of spook pod new ones are out every friday available now for free on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts want to talk to us have questions you can email us at the at gmail.com or follow us on tiktok instagram twitter and reddit at spook pod for a full list of episodes more deets or to see what's coming next visit our website spookpod.com. this has been a presentation of mostly awkward media See you next week. week.